Welcome back to This Is Not A Safe Space. I'm Joseph. Sorry it took so long to get an episode out. I was busy making meaningful contributions to society. And also I went camping. There was not much time left until election day. Tomorrow. And while many of you have made up your minds regarding your vote, up to the point where you already cast it, I still believe it's possible to change it. Well, not the vote, unless it's possible, but your minds. It's, it's the mind. My mind was, I hated Donald Trump at first. The way he was portrayed in the media was what I believed to be true. I changed my mind, and I believe I can do the same for you. First is to help you understand why you hate him. You are subject to a lock-in. It's a business model that incentivizes customers to use services and goods within a business for extended value. For instance, Costco sells you a membership, which incentivizes you to shop there, but not so much elsewhere. IKEA designs a lot of the products to have similar minimalistic principles, so the more IKEA furniture you buy, the more IKEA furniture you can fit. Netflix charges you a monthly fee, making you less inclined to watch elsewhere. Google has a myriad of services that interconnect with one another, and so does the Adobe Creative Suite. And if you're wondering what right I have to talk about business, I've been working with a top-level e-commerce company for the last six months, and I'm being mentored by some of the sharpest minds in the industry. So yeah, I'm getting the good stuff. Your hatred for Donald Trump isn't just a business. It's an industry. And Trump is good for business. By leveraging your hatred of him, you are incentivized to consume media that also is negative towards him, which are most news networks, every late night show, Twitter personalities, artists, comedians, and so on. And what's alarming is that they can use your hatred of him to convey some of their own ideas. For instance, when Stephen Colbert talked about socialism on his program. I'm not here to take up a position on it. It's a contested one. But knowing that you who hate Trump are receptive to the ideas of people who also hate him, they can use this as a way to further facilitate their other ideas. This goes in the other direction too. People who like and support him, like I do, are more inclined to consume media that is either Trump neutral or Trump positive. The difference is all the mainline institutions have churned us out. I'm not going to subject myself to SNL or late night TV. I, of course, I understand that, you know, this is what happens to politicians and media, especially an outsized personality like Trump. I'm just not a sadist. And it's not like Trump negativity is relegated only to Jimmy Kimmel. It's all over the place. Lots of my friends on Facebook and people I follow on Twitter are Trump haters. And I understand, but I hope you can understand, I can only absorb so much negativity before I need to balance things out. I think a real missed opportunity here creatively is not to portray Trump as a villain all the time, but to see him as a flawed hero, which would contrast the greater villains in the world. But oh well. Now, the lock-in point I bet for most of you was the Mexican rapist thing. You think he called all Mexicans rapists. But that's not what he said. What he said is that when Mexico is sending their people, they're not sending their best. Some, I assume, are good people. Look it up for yourself, and you'll see the difference. These media outlets want you to believe he said all Mexicans are rapists. Now, in fairness, it's a comment less poised than Obama, but Trump is right. MS-13 alone has taken advantage of the flimsy ramshackle barriers dotting the border to cause havoc, kill, traffic drugs, and traffic people, and yes, rape innocent people. From townhall.com, the Department of Justice announced the arrest of nearly two dozen MS-13 gang members this week who are connected to horrific murders carried out in California. Victims were hacked to death with machetes and in some instances had their hearts ripped out. Another one from Town Hall. 
two illegal aliens, one who came to the U.S. in 2015 as part of a family unit, and the other, unaccompanied in 2016, were released by the Prince George's County Police Department after being charged with attempted first-degree murder and other crimes. Upon release, they killed 14-year-old Ariana Funes Diaz and dumped her body in a creek. Prince George's County is a sanctuary for illegal aliens. Both are members of the extremely violent gang MS-13. Basically, this happens nearly every time there's an issue with Donald Trump and the media. The media and the Democratic Party push the narrative that Trump failed to condemn white supremacy, saying that white supremacists were good people. The reality is that Trump was indicating there were good people who came to protest on both sides of the issue, and there were bad people on both sides who came to cause violence. Trump has a lifetime of condemning and distancing himself from racism. In fact, he's been quite progressive. While not a direct indication, you can see a clip of him on The Apprentice being understanding that one of his contestants was homosexual. He says, hey, I can't, by the way, I, I, I cannot do a Trump impression to save my life. But he says, well, that's why menus have, that's why you have menus at a restaurants. There's some people like steak, some people like spaghetti. Oh, when the, uh, pussy-grabbing tape was released. The media went into a fit because the assumption was Donald Trump was bragging about sexual assault. On this show, even, Trump was compared to serial rapist Bill Cosby, which I didn't realize at the time, but it's a complete aberration of a comparison. Bill Cosby tried to drug girls as far back as childhood. Trump never did him. Drugs. The point Trump was making on that tape is when you're rich and famous, women are more prone to advances because they're attracted to those features. Hashtag not a woman, of course. Don't know why I had to open up that old wound. When they tell you that Trump bungled the COVID-19 response, I admit he made a serious error in claiming it'd be over by April. But his response was otherwise a correct one. Trump was the one restricting travel. Meanwhile, Nancy Pelosi was the one inviting people to Chinatown. The Democratic Party and their bid for power have undermined Trump at every turn. When they said people were being hauled into concentration camps... It's an obvious misuse of the phrase to characterize the actions of border security as evil, when in reality, these were the same measures previous administrations had taken as well. The point is, once you're locked in, every article that supports this worldview is regarded and accepted through that lens. But if you bring yourself back to the point before you hated Trump, you'll realize you weren't taking an objective look at him to begin with. There are fair and valid criticisms. The Trump administration has spent money like crazy have not taken advantage of precedents, especially when they had the House and Senate, and have not largely had the backs of their supporters, leaving a lot of us to flail in the wind these last few years. With that said, we could spend days debunking this crap. So instead, here's my case to re-elect Donald Trump. If you don't, he may be back. With a national narrative surrounding voter fraud on both sides, Trump could claim that his loss was illegitimate, spurning him to continue campaigning for re-election. Trump could run again in 2024 and again, and again, until he serves a second term. You think electing him may be the end of it, but that could not be the case. And it certainly won't be the end for you anyways either. You won't let Trump supporters live it down. You will regard his first term as an abject failure, it wasn't, and you will forever continue to bully us over it. This could go on for decades. The swiftest way to end it is to let Trump serve a second term. Let him finish the wall. He has secured funding through the Pentagon budget, and the wall is rapidly being constructed. It is a measurable improvement over the rickety fence you have now. If Biden gets in, he's forced into several options, all of which are bad news. Number one, do nothing. The wall will remain there, and the areas he can protect will be evidence that Trump had the right idea. Number two, take it down, and cost more money for something that, absent Trump, 
works. And number three, finish the wall and admit it was a good idea. Either way, the best thing to do is to finish the wall. Trump is taking on human trafficking in a big way. According to 1600 Daily, President Trump has joined law enforcement officers to fight for the voiceless and end the scourge of modern-day slavery in our country. U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, which Democrats have called to be abolished, has arrested more than 5,000 human traffickers over just the past three years. In 2018 alone, more than 23,000 human trafficking victims were identified in the United States. Of these victims, 65% were women. More than one in five were children. Last fiscal year, ICE initiated 1,024 human trafficking and forced labor-related cases. These actions led to 2,197 criminal arrests, nearly 700 convictions, and ultimately the rescue of more than 400 victims. Human trafficking is the single worst plague on our race. And while Trump is not the first administration to combat it, his administration has taken unique lengths to resolve it. From CNN, of all places, President Donald Trump signed an executive order on Friday to combat human trafficking in the administration's latest effort to curb the practices. The order creates a new position within the Domestic Policy Council, which will solely be devoted to combat human trafficking. The position has not yet been filled, but an administration official told reporters prior to the event that there is no doubt we will pick someone very good for the position. Another article from Daily Caller. Today, AG Barr announced $100 million in grants across the country to combat human trafficking, the largest amount from federal government in history. A tweet from the DOJ read about today's announcement. Funds will support state, local, and tribal jurisdictions, victim service providers, task forces, and research. What I want to read for you next was an email that I had sent to one of my clients. I just had finished editing an episode of theirs, and they said on their show to vote Joe Biden. Now, principally, I may not agree with what you have to say, but I will clean it up and make it sound nice. So what I want to show you was the email exchange, because what I'm going to be able to present are some points that I had made in regards to what I'm talking about now. Yeah, I was pretty proud of the writing too, so you know I didn't want it to go to waste. Speaking as an outsider looking in, I would take Trump over Biden in a heartbeat. Biden is compromised. Most media platforms have been trying to hide this, but he's been leveraging his position in politics the last half century to enrich himself. His cracked out son, Hunter, left a laptop full of damning evidence at a repair shop and never claimed it. The FBI ended up withholding the evidence so that it wouldn't impact Trump's impeachment. I had the evidence chambered if you're so inclined, but there's some sensitive material, so I hesitate to link it outright. In fact, I didn't want to say any of this, but politics are a cruel and necessary evil. I'm sorry. I'd hate for this to cause a rift, but I'm passionate about the USA and care deeply about its well-being. So the bigger risk is to not say anything. Biden is bad, bad news. And then uh, she responds, and of course I'm not going to call them out by name, I just wanted to make sure that you hear what they had to say as well. As for Trump versus Biden, they both suck, but I believe that Trump is far more dangerous. He's reckless, has no filter, is honestly pretty dumb, and is extremely narcissistic, like to a damaging degree. The fact that the U.S. has essentially regressed 50 years in the past four is horrifying. I see Trump as a human rights problem and see Biden as a political problem. One is clearly more pressing. When lives are at stake, bracket immigrants, people of color, LGBTQIA plus folk, the climate, I don't like our options, but having lived for the past four years here, I can very comfortably say I will support anyone that can remove him from making decisions. No riff caused. My partner and I are very open-minded, though we do lean liberal. And we agree that Biden is a shitty choice. We would both rather have Bernie, to be honest. 
But your points are valid. It's just that we see Trump's antics and decisions as way, way scarier and damaging. With how things are here, I honestly think civil war could break out again if he gets elected a second time. And what I say in response. I'm libertarian myself. My lawyer observed that about me. Man, if my lawyer thinks I'm libertarian, I ain't fighting her on it. Out of everyone on the Democratic Party, I would be more inclined to support Yang or Gabbard, maybe Buttigieg. With strong-arming everyone to bow out and let Biden take the ticket, it shows that big money still runs things. And that money is coming from China. Chances are China will be running the country more than Biden will. When it comes to human rights, China is as bad as it gets. They haul Muslims into concentration camps, treat their own workers like dirt, arrest anyone who dissents, and it's evident that they could have warned the world about COVID-19, but instead decided to Chernobyl it and mislead everyone, including the WHO. And that's assuming they didn't release the virus on purpose. China aside, given the disparity between far-left principles in the Bernie camp all the way to left of center where Biden falls, some part of the voting contingency will get ramrodded, and I suspect it'll be the Bernie group. They were punished once already by running Clinton, and now they're running an older, male, less coherent Clinton, and I have a hard time believing they learned anything. As for Trump's destructiveness, I disagree. I think he conveys that image as a means to scare enemies of the country, but, as collateral, ends up scaring half his own people. I feel for you, but the other half are just as scared of elite power structures that will gladly keep us locked down for another 10 years if they have their way. I still remember the last Republican in office started two wars, both of which could have been avoided. They knew about 9-1-1. They knew about 9-11 and let it happen, like they did with Pearl Harbor to get involved in World War II. And then they lied again about WMDs in Iraq. Won't be any love lost for Republicans by me. There weren't any major conflicts on that scale under Obama, but a lot of his actions went unreported because he was a media darling. Check Operation Fast and Furious. They secretly sent weapons to a Mexican cartel to help call their rivals and it ended up backfiring and costing innocent lives. Apparently the guns ended up in Bataclan, Paris, but I'm not 100% on that. Thing is, both parties just scratch each other's backs all day and destabilize countries that don't play ball, like Libya. Trump is enemy to both parties. Compared to his portrayal in the media, I'd say the lack of any serious international conflict as well as major peace deals signed within the last few months point to someone who threatens the establishment by actually achieving peace securing a nomination in the process. Obama was nominated for a peace prize, and no one knows why, not even him. One would think, with all the rioting, Trump, as he is characterized, would be rolling out the tanks, when in reality, he's abided by the rules of the presidency and deferred it to the states the way it should be. There's, uh, if there was a substantive response from my client, I would read that too, but there wasn't, so uh, it is what it is. Let me just briefly go through the promises Trump has kept. It's just a few of them. Defeating ISIS. Building the wall. Deregulation. Pulling out of Paris Climate Accord. Renegotiating trade. Lower taxes. No new wars. Appointing conservative judges and bringing jobs back to America. And then think about the sacrifice. Think about, in aggregate, how much attack he's been under these last four years. Think about how much money he's lost. You're going to vote for someone who's making sacrifices, or are you going to vote for somebody who enriches himself the longer he's in office? Get this out of your system. Let Trump finish his second term. Let Trump focus on the positives that he's been focusing on. We all agree the system is corrupt. We all agree that big money has too much of an influence in politics. We all agree on so much, and yet for most of you, 
who are opposing Trump, it's not that you're stupid, because you're not. You're just motivated. And you're motivated to turn the United States into a different country. The U.S. works because it promotes independence, self-defense, taking care of your own health care plan, asking the government to leave you alone, which is ironic because I will admit that red states do tend to have a little bit of a higher degree of social programs, but whatever. There are other countries with other systems, higher taxes, more social programs, and they work, but they also stifle independence. Me, the more independent I get, the more likely I would move to the States so I can take care of more of my own issues. There are probably around 25 to 30 countries with strong social programs, high tax rate, and essentially are what you would consider to be socialist in the colloquial sense. Germany, Canada, Norway, Spain? I don't know about Spain. There was only one USA. And if we give that up, we're going to lose a lot more than an election. Think about it. It's not too late.